Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Good morning if you're an Australian fan because what an unbelievable semi-final we've just experienced. Australia have knocked off Pakistan by five wickets. I'm Josh Shonafinger and watching it all with me was, of course, Louis Cameron. Louis, what did we just witness? Josh, I don't know if it was the coffee and oatmeal that I had at 3am to get me through to this one, but uh, it felt like this was Australia's most famous T20 victory. Uh, I mean, there are parallels to probably the, the last um, one that y- you might call that, um, the semi-final against Pakistan in, in 2010 when Mike Hussey rescued Australia from, from the brink in St. Lucia. Um, but it really did feel like the most momentous uh, T20 game Australia have have won. And, and a pair of, I mean, one really um, unlikely hero, you, you might say, in Matthew Wade, um, which who we'll talk about, but it sets up a Australia versus New Zealand rematch from the 2015 World Cup, if you can call it that, a different format. It's um, It just didn't feel like we were heading that way uh, with about five hours to go, did it? No, it didn't. And as you said, there were a couple of moments where it felt like Australia were out of the, out of the game. Uh, one was uh, the last over of Pakistan's innings where Fakhar Zaman hit a couple of big sixes and then another one was probably the first over where Finch went for a duck and then another one was probably where Warner was out caught behind when he maybe didn't hit it. So it was, as you said, one of those victories that probably shouldn't have been. Yeah, you've actually summed it up even better than I could, mate. That's um, that's It's really well said. It Those two overs, the, the last over of the uh, Pakistan innings and the first over of the Australian innings, it was just electric. Like you could feel the intensity of the stadium coming through from Dubai where, I mean, Fakhar, the, the two sixes he hit off Mitchell Stark at the at the end of that innings, it just felt really momentous and it felt like the game had shifted and he, he didn't even just the, he almost punched him over. He didn't, it wasn't a full swing um, the way Fakhar was hitting him after he started really slowly. So down the ground, has he got enough? He has flat six. The, the way Shaheen just captivates uh, everyone when he's bowling a first over, it's it's unlike anything. I mean, the only comparison I can think of is it's Mitch Stark having that aura um, around the first over, swinging it back into the pads, and um, and Finch stood no chance against that ball that he got, and Mitch Marsh really stood no chance off off the first ball he got. Um, that looked plum, and it, you can argue whether it was the right decision or not. But um, you know, ultimately, DRS with the umpire's call saved him. Yeah, you said that uh, it was a pretty phenomenal innings. Aaron Finch said in his post-match press that his legs just got a bit tangled, and you can totally understand it because Shaheen found swing when the Aussie bowlers couldn't find any. No, there was a little bit early there for Mitchell Stark, but his radar probably wasn't on quite to the same extent that Shaheen's was. Um, it, it was it was incredible cricket. 
All right, let's get into the main crux of the of the storyline, though, and that was Matthew Wade and Marcus Stoinis. They needed 62 off the last five overs, and, you know, that's a, that's about 12 and over, so those two can do that. But when you consider that Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark were the next batters, it was sort of down to them, and, boy, didn't they deliver. And it was Matthew Wade who, well, sealed the game in the penultimate over, but only after he was dropped by Hassan Ali. So that was that's going to be a talking point in the coming days for sure. Yeah, there's a few things to unpack there and Matthew Wade made a really interesting point in the presser that I hadn't thought about um, until he kind of reminded me that Stoinis actually went after the very next ball after Glenn Maxwell got out and at that stage Australia was were 5 for 96 um, in the 13th over and, and were really battling. So that was a, an interesting little period, uh, interesting little period where they didn't let the foot off the gas. They had to slow up a little bit but... They did accelerate. There was an early mix-up as well where Shadab Khan, who absolutely ripped the middle order, ripped the heart out of Australia's middle order, he missed the run out. Um, and he's a fantastic fielder and he missed a run out where, where Wade could have been could have been gone and, and that would have been the, the final dagger, I think, at that point. Um, and then, yeah, when there was 62 needed, as you said, off 30 balls, Stornis and Wade, they just chipped at it. They got 12 off uh, Hassan, Hassan Ali over, uh, a 13 off Harris Ralph um, the 16th over, uh, and that was all Stoinis is doing. And then Wade got hold of Hassan uh, for the 18th. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to recap what, what happened in that, that penultimate over? It was, it was just extraordinary. Well, yeah, as, as we've touched on, Shaheen looked great all night, but then it came down to this last over and Matthew Wade just took control. Up. He uh, did sky a ball out to deep mid-wicket and Hassan Ali put it down. He was sort of on the run running to his left, couldn't hold on, mm. and then following that, it was 18 needed off nine, and Matthew Wade did it in three shots. The first was a audacious ramp shot uh, off a full ball and attempted Yorker, and it went over the rope. The next was a, just a, a heave to the leg side that was sort of in the slot, and the the next one was another ramp. So, so yeah, it was just an unbelievable finish to an unbelievable match. And, and it should be pointed out that Shaheen's the first uh, you'd probably the first three legal deliveries, first four deliveries of that over weren't all that bad. He bowled a dot ball to Stoinis uh, and then had an LBW appeal um, against Stoinis that they reviewed. It wasn't out, but you know that that could have easily been a been a dot if that had if that had ball had just rolled back down the wicket. He also bowled a, a leg side wide to Stoinis, which was only just a just a wide, and then he had the um, then he had the the drop catch on the boundary from Hassan and, and poor Hassan, he had a. He had a rough night uh, with the ball as well, and uh, you just feel like the the Pakistani, the Pakistanis can be um, they can be vicious uh, after a after a defeat, and you know we we just hope that they don't go too hard on on poor Hassan because he was <laughs> he was trying his best, wasn't he? Well, he certainly was, and they've had a fantastic tournament. All of that team have contributed along uh, along the way in this tournament, and if we just want to go back to the start of the match. Their two most consistent have probably been Barbara Azam and Mohamed Rizwan, and today was no exception. From ball one, they both looked well. Barbara looked on, and it took Rizwan a little bit of time to get going. Yeah, and understandable for Mohamed Rizwan. The Pakistan team doctor clarified at the end of the game uh, that Rizwan had been in hospital for uh, two or three nights, two nights in the ICU. He said um, after being admitted on Sunday with. Um, it sounded like some kind of lung concern, Matthew Hayden said at the, the halfway mark, which um, is incredible. And Babar in his presser said afterwards that um, 
you know, that he, he went to Rizwan and, and Rizwan said he was right to play and, and play on. So um, you could understand why he was a, a little bit sloppy early on. Um, but he actually, you know, he ended up top scoring for Pakistan and, and batted beautifully. Your bat. So. There he goes for that slot sweep into the crowd. It goes for Rizwan. What a shot. But the Aussies were, were sloppy um, in in the fielding, and I think that might be the thing that might give them, uh, you know, a bit of cause for optimism going into this New Zealand game if they didn't have enough already with the way they finished it off. Uh, but you know, they you'd think they wouldn't have another bowling performance as, as sorry, I say bowling, I mean bowling and fielding. Um, there were there were some good moments, but I think they you know they wouldn't have thought that this was one of their better efforts. Yeah, I tend to agree. As some of the bowling was a bit wayward and it did look as at times as if they were bowling a bit to um, the batter's strengths. But as we've said on previous podcasts, this bowling attack has been pretty well on point for all of the Aussie games so far. So it probably was time to have one of the more down performances from this bowling group and I'm sure they'll be keen to hit back um, come the final now that they get the chance to play. Yeah, and you hope they've got the nerves out of the way. I don't think you could really explain the two waist-high no balls that Hazelwood and Pat Cummins bowled. Um, one of those free hits, uh, I think it was Hazelwood's got hit for got hit for six, um, which was costly. Stark actually bowled a pretty high ball that went down the leg side that was about thigh height that, you know, a few inches higher and it might have been a, a, a waist-high fully as well. Hazelwood went for 35 off his last two overs. Um, Cummins was expensive at times but then bowled a fantastic uh, penultimate over the innings in contrast to Afridi's um, 19th over of, of the Australian innings. Um, he got, as this is Cummins, he got as if Ali with, um, off his first ball and as if has been a really dangerous player in this tournament. He should have had Faka the next ball and that point with Faka was 40 and he'd, he'd obviously go on to hit those two sixes off Stark in the in the next over um, and that was a, a horrendous drop by, by Steve Smith. The Aussies dropped three catches and, um, they got progressively easier, I'd say. I mean, the first one, uh, I think the first one off Zampa down at fine leg was was very difficult. David Warner dropped one running back over his head off off Rizwan, which was um, which is difficult. But the, given the the amazing ground he kind of made it, made up, you would have thought he would have caught it. And then the one Smith dropped off Fakar, that was um, you know for a fielder of Smith's quality, that was a. That was a sitter, so there's um, there's definitely room for improvement for the Aussies. As we've come to expect, Adam Zampa was again brilliant with the ball, one for 22 from his four overs. He was the most economical for Australia, and he looked the most likely as well, didn't need to get a wicket, and he did. Uh, he, I think he got the opening wicket of the innings. He did. He got Babro's arm caught by Warner, so he's just going to be crucial in the final against New Zealand, isn't he, Zampa? He's had such a fantastic tournament, and he's now the leading wicket-taker in the Super 12s. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, we just don't have any more superlatives for him. He, and part of it is I don't think he he's not an eye catching bowler in the sense that the three big quicks are, or you know some other um, spin bowlers Australia have had in the past. He, he doesn't look to be doing anything particularly um, amazing with the ball, but he he's just incredibly effective. He's incredibly accurate, and good players just struggle to get under him. And, and as Aaron Fitch said in the lead up to this game, he gets good players out. Um, and, you know, it's not immediately obvious, I think, to, to the average punter exactly why, but he's very highly respected. I think the Aussie team keep getting asked, you know, oh, why is he so underrated or 
Um, is he really coming out of his shell in this tournament? And they're kind of saying, no, we've we've known he's been very, very good for the last couple of years. It's just everyone else is, is just starting to realise it as well. There was a very funny moment in the eighth over of Australia's innings when the chase was just starting to heat up. Mohamed Hafiz came in to bowl and his first delivery, well, it got stuck in his hand and it's dribbled out the front. It's bounced twice and David Warner's seen that as an opportunity. He's stance down the wicket and he sent it into into the stands. I mean, have you ever seen something like this at international level? Hello. Oh, he's headed for six. That's incredible strength. Wait a minute. What's happening? It, uh, we, I had, and I'd only remembered it because you sent me the, the clip of Andre Adams bowling one. Uh, Andy Bickle, I think it was. Who did he bowl it to? Sorry, I've already forgotten. <laughs> Andy Bickle, that's yeah, right. Andy Bickle yeah. hit it for six too, right? Yeah, it was just, it was hard to know what exactly happened with um with Hafiz's hand. I actually thought he um I actually thought his next ball I was yeah I'd be really worried if I bowled that in a World Cup semi final. I'd be so scared of doing something similar the next ball. I reckon I'd bowl like a waist high full toss or something. But um he got it back on the pitch. It wasn't his finest moment, but um yeah that, that's something you do not see very often. And Warner was also involved in another sort of strange incident when he edged behind off Shadab Khan. Good catch by Rizwan behind the stumps. And Warner was pretty happy to walk off, but on replay and on the uh, Snicko or whatever we're calling it these days, Ultra Edge, um, there was no line. Um, strange one, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, I think this would have been a, a massive talking point if the Aussies had, had lost as it looked like it, it, it was going to. they were going to after... This happened. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a wider ball from Shadab and um, Warner's kind of played a cover drive at it and it seemed to us watching at home that it was just a clear-cut nick. It was a, there was a big noise. Uh, they all went up and Warner walked straight off. The, the interesting part about it was that you could kind of see him on the on the broadcast and I'm not an expert lip reader, Josh, but it looked like he was, he was explaining to Langer or whoever was asking him. He was saying, I hit it. I thought I hit it. Um, you know, sometimes, I guess sometimes the batter doesn't know necessarily. That's right. And it also might be a case that maybe the technology just didn't pick it up for that specific point, point in time. No, but I, I, don't, I don't think the technology was wrong. Like there was a clear gap between bat and ball when you looked at it. Like I think, I, I think there's okay. no argument that, yeah, I mean, when you marry the first, as you mentioned, the Snicko didn't show anything uh, and then you looked at the front on vision and there was there was a bit of a gap between between bat and ball and if Warner had reviewed that uh, the third umpire would have overturned it for sure very interesting talking point maybe a creaky bat handle or something like that are you suggesting hmm Maybe, uh, maybe Warner had borrowed uh, Jay's <laughs> clicky bat. That's right. Okay, so on to the final now. And Australia come up against New Zealand, not England, after a bit of a boil over in the previous night. Uh, what are you expecting out of the final? Because, as you said, a replay of, well, of sorts, the 2015 final, which wasn't really a contest, but this one is surely going to be a lot closer. Yeah, so it's a different-looking New Zealand side to what a lot of rusted on even even rusted on cricket fans in Australia might might have thought of. Um, I mean, I, I was going to say Devin Conway's front and centre of that, um, but uh, you've just informed me that uh, he's been ruled out uh, with a broken right hand for the um, for the final, which is a, a huge blow. Um, having said that, Daryl Mitchell is another one who is quite a new face for for Aussie fans. Um, he played an extraordinary innings to 
to get him through against uh, against England, um, and then you know the the old stalwarts of Williamson, uh, Southie, Bolt. Um, they've been around for a really long time, and this New Zealand team just kind of keeps reinventing themselves, don't they? They they, they never go into a tournament it seems as as favourites, but they they're very very often at the business end uh, around the mark. We'd call them overachievers, but I think when you just achieve as consistently as they do, all of a sudden we have to start admitting that we're just underrating them perhaps. Um, yeah, they, they were re- they've been really good this tournament. And again, like Australia, sort of peaking at the right time, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think Australia will, will take a lot out of uh, this victory, even though it was far from their, their most convincing. A, the, the bowling, as we've kind of talked about, I'd be... I'd be staggered if they turned up with a, another bowling and, and fielding performance like that, um, especially fielding. Um, so that would that's one thing that I think they know they've gotten that out of the way and um, they've kind of escaped with it. So that's one thing. And I think the just the way the middle order is is shaping up. Like a, I know they they all struggled against Shadab tonight and um, single digit scores for for Smith and Maxwell and a, and a duck for Aaron Finch. Um, but Mitch Marsh showed some good signs. He's in form. Warner looked fantastic. Um, and on a different night, if he'd known that he hadn't have nicked that, then he might have been the man to to gonna go on and play the match winning hand. He really looks to be hitting his straps at the right time. Um, and Stoinis and Wade. I mean, these guys who we thought were you know big bash openers. Sorry, we didn't think they were big bash openers. They were. They are big bash openers. And now they're batting at at six and seven in this Australian team. Um, and doing a mighty fine job. Stoinis played a good innings against South Africa early in the tournament. Wade's had a – he also played well against South Africa and has had a few little cameos here and there. And then this innings, um, he's, uh, he's been amazing. And uh, we, should, uh, we should have a listen to what Matty Wade had to say at, at the press conference about uh, where, where his career he thought it was at leading into this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I never feel. I don't feel like it's on the line anymore so much because I'm not 23 anymore. And I, if if this is it, this is it. I don't, I'm, it's not really on the line for me. It's going to be. It's going to be all over, I suppose. So, a little bit, I think, Lou. I was, I was a little bit nervous coming into the game and knowing that potentially it could be my last opportunity to represent Australia. And um, just wanted to do well and wanted really wanted us to win this game and give us an opportunity to win the whole thing. We've got you know a great bunch of guys in that dressing room and guys that I've played for a long, long period of time with. Um, so yeah, just really, I feel like this game was probably you know harder nerves-wise than maybe what the final will be because um, you know now we're in it, we've got nothing to lose. We're going to go out there and do our absolute best. But um, and that might be my last game too. And as I've said to you before in the past, I'm comfortable with that. If it is it, then it's it. Um, I play as long as they need me, um, and hopefully we can win some games while I'm there. It's been a great comeback from Matthew Wade, as he said, out of the side for quite a few years there, and you know he's forced his way back in with a mountain of runs. So it's good to see that um, the Aussie selectors are being rewarded for what was probably a bold selection, and a lot a lot of Aussie fans back home thought it was the wrong call as well, didn't they? Yeah, I think the, the 2019 Nashes was. Um, I mean, I think he, he people he'd won people over that by that point, and. It was just a way to runs kind of thing, but yeah, this he's kind of done it all. He's he's had the gloves, he's not had the gloves. He's bad in the top order, he's bad in the middle order. He's um, he's had a, a really strange, interesting career, and um, you know, one might argue that, that this game might have been the might be the high point of it, um, or, or that high point might be coming in a couple of nights' time. Um, and yeah, there, there wouldn't be too many who deserve it more. 
Certainly not. So a reminder, you can catch all the news, scores and video highlights on cricket.com.au. The final of the Benz T20 World Cup will be on Sunday night and into Monday morning for Australian fans. And as always, we'll have a wrap up of that final on the Unplayable podcast and heaps of content on cricket.com.au. Thanks for joining me, Lou. Thanks as always, Josh. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.